two, one, let's go. It's time to dad up. Welcome to the dad up podcast, the podcast for dads about dads being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode and let's get started. Here is your host, Brian Ward. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me today. I'm super excited for the guest that I have on. He's become a good friend of mine. And you know what? Uh, I'm really excited for the uh, topics we're going to be talking about because he's an author of Fatherhood Face Plants. He's a speaker and he's a creator of the and host of the Kindling Fire podcast. It is my pleasure to welcome my good friend, Troy Magnum, to Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thank you so much, Brian. It's going to be fun. Real quick for my listeners who may not know who you are, give me a little bit of backstory on Troy, kind of... Uh, you know, the back history, you growing up and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously uh, where you are today, and this is a dad podcast. So a little bit about your kids as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 53. I live in North Carolina. I've been married for 25 years to my wife, Kathy, and I have four kids. So I've got two that are adults, one in college and one that is married. Then I have two that are still at home and I have two boys and two girls. I'm actually a North Carolinian, so I, I pretty much grew up here, and I'm from an actual local uh, Indian tribe that is out of North Carolina called the Lumbee Indians. So uh, I am in marketing for my work. Uh, I do that for I – uh, I work for a technical company, a uh, software company. I do marketing for them, and then I do a lot of other things uh, to keep me engaged. I do podcasts, and I'm author of this book, and I do some ministry stuff with young men, so – pretty busy. Yeah. Now the, you said you have two that are, uh, out of college. Uh, so I've got one in college. Uh, okay. so he's 22 and then I've got, uh, one that is married, uh, still within her first year and she's 24. And I've got a 17 year old son. He's a senior in high school. And then I've got a 15 year old daughter, uh, who was at home. Very cool. Um, now tell me about, uh, you know, kind of, uh, Obviously, you, you so you did you grow up on an Indian resort uh, or a reservation? Yeah, no, we're we're a uh, we're not a um, reservation tribe, and so it's what it's called a state recognized tribe. Uh, so federal tribes are you know usually have reservations and etc. So we do not. Um, so it's it's a bit of an interesting history. Um, just real quick, it's uh, it's they. This tribe is believed to be the ancestrals uh, uh, of the Lost Colony, which is a colony that landed on North Carolina coast and disappeared, and integrated mm. with Indians. And we're we believe to be the descendants of that integration. Oh, okay, all right, very cool. Um, now I want I do want to dive into uh, a little bit about. Uh, you know this this book, Fatherhood Face Plant. What what inspired it? Uh, what kind of drove you to drove you to uh, to write it? Yeah, so um, so it's a it's my own face plants. I think that's what inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> my own my own face plants. But I I the the thing that really um, really drove me to write the book is that I discovered in my own parenting that I pass on more of who I am than what I know. And so a lot of times I was looking for information about, you know, ways to improve myself as a dad or especially with my sons, kind of help them transition uh, to, into manhood and other things like that. 
But what I found was my own personal sort of health and spiritual maturity and, um, you know, consistency and et cetera, it seemed to be what most influenced my kids. And so um, what I came to discover was, you know, if I became a better version of myself with God's help in every way, then that becomes something I can leave to my children as an inheritance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, the, the oxymoron of it is the children will always really become who you are. Right. And so, so the conviction that God really gave me was, hey, you know, grow up as a, as a man, as a father, as a provider, as a, you know, a wholehearted man in the best sense of that word. And then that's what you can offer your children. And so it's sort of it going deeper into to helping men become who they're called to be. And as a result, they pass on an amazing her- inheritance to their children. That's awesome. Now have your kids read the book? <laughs> yes. So my <laughs> older my older two read it. So the, the book kind of went through. It's a very personal, pretty raw and honest book. It, not pretty. It, it is. <laughs> and my wife read it first. And then my oldest two read it because they were kind of more cognizant of some of the the difficulties that we had in our early marriage. And my daughter, she was so gracious to me. She said, she said, you know, dad, she said, this is a redemption story. This is a story about the, the amazing redemption that God has done for you and our entire family to be where we are today. And my son was the same, and, and he was just like, this is the first time he come, and he said, this is the first time I've ever read a book that shows how walking with God looks like. Oh, wow, um, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, how did that make you feel as a father? I mean, to hear, hear that coming from your own kids, because, you know, kids are brutally honest. And, yes, uh, they are. <laughs> for, for, for them to say that to you, that they meant it. Uh, so how did, that, uh, how did that resonate with you? Well, I, for my daughter to say it, she got the brunt of our bad parenting. And I would say maybe I say R, it's really my. <laughs> so she got the brunt of a lot of my my mistakes and my, you know, my worst self, if you will. And for her to say it is just it's it's forgiveness, it's hope, it's um it was like the voice of God speaking to me because her out of everyone probably would have been hurt the most out of some of the mistakes that I made uh, as a husband and as a father. And for her to say, I see God in this story. Now, I don't see hurt and, and you know, all these things that I'm upset about. I see the hope that God has given all of us. And then for my son to say that, you know, he doesn't mince words. And for him, it was very much like, you help me have a roadmap of what it looks like to walk with God, which just... I couldn't ask for anything. Like I could have never published this book and I would have had a full heart. Absolutely. Mm. Well, that's awesome. So it sounds like uh, your relationship with the family and uh, the Lord was uh, very prevalent in your guys' lives um, and you raising them. Uh, and they still obviously carry that relationship today with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's great. Now, I mean, is that is that something that has always been uh, instilled in you as a young boy? Because I know for me, kind of growing up, I didn't grow up in a in a household that was faith based. Um, my parents, you know, my mom believed in, in in Jesus. My dad wasn't really sure, and and we just never we never went to church. We never prayed. None of those things. And it took me as a young boy to 
uh, kind of learn <clears throat> about Jesus just through friends and going yeah. to church with friends. Uh, I did that a lot. Um, and then when my wife and I started having kids, we both knew she was raised in a Catholic home and we both knew that we wanted our boys to have a relationship with the Lord. And so we made sure to carry that on to them and uh, kind of teach them th- about it. Um, is, was that something that, that was instilled in you as a young man? Well, we we were very much the proverbial church-going family. Um, we I grew up in a in a Methodist church, but by the time I got to the age of oh I don't know thirteen fourteen, and I said I don't want to do this anymore, that was the end of it. <laughs> you know? hmm. There was right. no there was no pushback from my parents. I just stopped going, and um, and so uh, because of my my. My family of origin was really, uh, they had a lot of their own sort of turmoil uh, between in their marriage and, and even with us as kids. And so it kind of turned me off to God. You know, I was like, you know, I don't know that I really believe in this God that you say is true and good because I don't see this in my home. And so I became pretty anti-God um, from that stage and going into my teen years. And it was actually through a friend who we were all in a music uh, music scene together where he he was a lead singer in a band and I was a lead singer in a band. And, and we were around all these bands in our community. And um, he became a radical born-again Christian. And we were not about being born-again Christians. That was not adventurous. That was not cool. Right. It was not what we, anybody was doing. And years later, uh, he kind of got ostracized. But years later, we ended up going to college together. And he would just always tell me about Jesus. And he started praying that God would undeniably show himself to me. And that's exactly what he did. So he would tell me about Jesus. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I've got, mm-hmm. kind of got what I what's working for me. And he would say, um, well, what he was praying was that God would radically encounter me in my dreams or through the drugs I was doing. And that's, that's what ended up happening. So when God came into my life, it radically changed me. So my desire, and it's always been a truism in my family, is like God save dad. <laughs> you know, right. like, and so that's, and so I, it was always like, uh, like a, a life ring. Uh, I always presented it as sort of this, this, this life ring. You know, that every mm. every person needs, and they kind of got to learn a little about my backstory, and they understood, wow, yeah, God did do a lot for you, and so they respected that you know, and saw that as, as true. So it was important to you to make sure that your kids had uh, that same relationship with the Lord. And, and do you, do you share uh, a lot of your, I guess, kind of the mistakes that you made, do you share those things with your kids? When I would say when it's age appropriate. uh, Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a really uh, specific example. So I, I was really intentional with my boys in trying to help them kind of have a healthy view of sexuality mm-hmm. and, and, and sex in general and kind of God's opinion of it. And in those conversations, uh, I, I walked them through a book called preparing your son for every man's battle. And, and it was a father, it's a book kind of for fathers to kind of walk through with sons. And in that it's a very much like dad, was it like for you? There was mm-hmm. a lot of those kind of questions and mm-hmm. we kind of got deep pretty quick and they were probably, so um, they, they sectioned the book off of three, 13 to 15, and then 15 to, to 17. 
So it got deeper as you got older and it was more age appropriate, but they kind of got to know, oh, okay. So you weren't always this way. You were, you were that way. And, and God made a, a difference in your life. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I shared my mistakes, if you will, in that context. Uh, but I wasn't like, you know, and I obviously would always apologize when I felt convicted about something that I did wrong when they were young children. But I, I wasn't like, you know, here's everything that I've done wrong to my seven-year-olds. And, you know, it just, right. I, you know, I wasn't doing that. Well, that's cool. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I think this is a, this is important in, in not only a relationship with our Lord, but also the relationship with our own kids. But what, when I, when I say the word fatherhood, what does that mean to you? Mm. To me, um, it's a role of, I'm going to make up a word. It's a role of an identity bestower. Okay. So I think that um, God puts a kind of a role for dads to see their kids as he has created them and for them to speak that over them. That may sound a little little spiritual, but what I mean by that is they have a skilled talent or a unique way about that they go about in life. And you as their dad have the opportunity to call that out and say that right there is something God has given you. And it's an investment into your life. And to always speak hope and and promise over the unique way that God has made them. I think scripturally men, there's this identity piece with men that they give like think of daughters, you know, and how they might self-perceive themselves. Fathers have a huge ability to help with that identity. Mothers also have that ability, but they also bring that sort of comfort and 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 love. Whereas I think fathers have an opportunity uh, in fatherhood. As a father, you have an opportunity to call identity out in in your children, and then set up opportunities for them to expand into that. Uh, identity, which sometimes doesn't mean, you know, comforting them, but challenging them, giving them hard tasks, but doing it in a loving way. So they expand their world. And challenging them to a point to help them grow. And I mean, obviously when they're, when they're a bit younger, I mean, you've got two, two adult uh, children. I I do as well. Um, Getting them to a point where they're able to be out on their own and functioning as adults and being independent of us. It's so important. And It's something that I did with my boys as they grew up. I tried to teach them, you know, how to be uh, independent of their mom and dad, because that's the ultimate goal is to get them to where they're at a place where they're out on their own and functioning properly. Uh, We're at a point right now with my older son, he's getting ready to, uh, you know, we bought him or purchased or leased a vehicle for him when he was uh, in college. And now he's out of college and he's, uh, his lease is up and he's looking at purchasing his first car. And, uh, you know, I told him, you know, you're going to have to make, make the payments. You're going to have to take care of the insurance. Um, but I had the opportunity, uh, really guide him in, you know, kind of figuring out what he wants to purchase and going to the dealerships with him and things like that. Um, those kind of things, even though he's an adult now and he can do that stuff on his own, those are, I'm still guiding him. I'm still, I'm still helping him make appropriate decisions that financially will serve him, uh, down the road. Yeah, I, I, so it reminds me of a story. You've probably heard it if you've been in any kind of church for a long time, but it's so apropos to this, is that you've got the caterpillar in the cocoon struggling to get out to become a butterfly. So somebody right. comes across them, and the people, sometimes compassion that interjects and says, 
oh, they look like they're struggling. Uh, let me help them, you know, with a little razor blade or something that kind of makes it so it's not as much of a struggle and that caterpillar, the, the caterpillar can come out as a butterfly. And ultimately, that compassion likely will, will kill it. <laughs> Whereas right. you just let it struggle in, in knowing that this is kind of the process in which God gives the butterfly the strength to be able to fly. There's a struggle that leads to the strength. And I think that is a, an incredible position that um, fathers have to help with that process to help your children fly. Because sometimes in that struggle phase, there can be a compassion that overwhelms them and says, oh, I want to rescue them. But in fact, what you're doing is actually weakening them to to where they're really going to need their own strength to to be able to fly one day. Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great example because I mean, <clears throat> the caterpillar to the butterfly is something that, you know, we have, you know, I coach high school basketball and it's something that we have shared with not only, uh, um, uh, you know, our, we shared it with our kids, but we share, but I've shared it with our coaches. I've shared it with uh, our players because we have these players that think that they're going to be the next NBA player. And, and we have to tell them, look, you're, you're trying to grow. You're trying to develop and practice is the time that we do it. We're here to make mistakes and that's where you learn and grow from. So um, <clears throat> that's awesome. Appreciate you sharing that. Yep. Now, what, what about uh, if I were to, you know, if I were to ask, I, I asked this of all my dads, but if I were to ask your kids, tell me something about your dad, what, what would you hope they'd say about you? That I love to laugh. And, and what's powerful about that is I don't have the, the, the happiest backstory, right. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, but to me, there is, God has given me such a joy in my life because of the, his redemption, because of his mercy, because of his kindness, I, I can do nothing but smile. And, uh, and I'm pretty goofy and, and I goof around a lot with the kids. I've got dad jokes for days. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, I love having, uh, laughing and having a good time. So that's, and they would, that would, what I would hope they would say about me. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You know, I encourage my dads to ask their kids that as they grow up, because, uh, you know, their opinions will change, um, their characteristics and, and the things that they, you know, as they grow and evolve into, I guess, adulthood, um, they, their opinions can change. So I, I encourage my dad, when your kids are younger, ask them these questions. And as they get older and go through these different stages of their life, continue to ask because they will be brutally honest with you and they'll tell you exactly what they think. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a cool question. I enjoy asking it of my boys. Um, so I, I'm just curious if you, if you ever have a moment uh, that you think of, um, go and ask them that question and, and, and see what the response is. But uh, very cool. Um, well, let me ask you this. Uh, if my listeners wanted to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, maybe pick up the book, listen to the podcast, all that kind of stuff. What's the best place for them to do all that? Uh, and then what do you have coming up that you're looking forward to? Yeah. So, uh, the best place to find me is at troymangum.com. Uh, it's M A N G U M. Everybody wants to call me Magnum and I wish I was that cool, but I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's troymangum.com uh, and you'll find all the projects that I've got going on, including the book, the podcast, the the ministry that I have for young men and, and some other stuff. Yeah. So that's the best place to, to check me out. And as far as what I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to vacation. So in, in with the family. So in two weeks, um, we're going to spend a, a time all together with my son-in-law as well. 
up in the mountains. We're going to go whitewater rafting. We're going to go zip lining. We're going to jump off things. We're going to find waterfalls. And what I love about that is that we get to make memories and have adventure together. And it's just one of the most treasured times uh, of the year. Wow. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. That's going to be some, uh, some memories you're going to be creating for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Well, thank you very much, Troy, for joining me on Dad Up. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship together, brother, and, I, and I'm looking forward to uh, you know staying in touch with you. But thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate it. Brian, it's been really great. Thanks for listening to the Dad Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next weekly episode. While you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone this show can help, be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at daduptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at daduppodcast. <laughs>